Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. And happy Tuesday. In just a short while, the United States House of Representatives will decide whether to approve articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, the architect of the Biden border policies that have created a crisis from coast to coast, from Chicago to New York, New York to L.A., Oregon to Florida. It is the largest border crisis in history. As you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we broke the story of the FBI former executive saying that this is the single most serious security threat they've seen to the nation in their lifetime. Tonight, we'll find out if House Republicans have the votes to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. Ahead of that vote, we're very lucky to be joined today by Congressman Austin Scott. He's a member of the House Intelligence Committee. He is voting for the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. He's going to come on the show, explain why. He's also going to talk about why there's been so much chatter and consternation about the Senate bill that we talked about yesterday on the show and compared it to what Bill Clinton said back in 1995. Austin Scott, really respected member from Georgia on the House Intelligence Committee really a sage voice when it comes to security. We're going to talk to them about all those issues at the border. Then we'll go across and say, what's going on with Iran? What's going on with Russia and Ukraine? What's going on across the world? What has the Biden administration failed at? And how do we fix it? We'll get all of that in the opening salvo of today's show. I'm really excited about that. In the second block, we had an incredible conversation last night with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney of New York. She's also voting for impeachment, also opposes the Senate bill, and she'll give us a great explanation during her conversation with Amanda and I why she's doing that. Uh, That's an important dynamic and one that I think is going to get a lot of attention over the next few weeks. The Senate Republicans were not only at odds with their House colleagues, they were at odds with a large part of the American public. The Rasmussen reports put out a poll today. Half of Americans support the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. That means they consider this to be an impeachable offense, having created the border crisis that we're all living through. 
And yet Senate Republicans thought it would be a good idea to create an emergency declaration only after 5,000 illegal aliens a day were crossing the border for a week's time. Really a disconnect. Now, today, Senate Republicans reverse course on their own plan. They abandoned it. Yes, even Senator Langford, the chief negotiator, said he would vote against bringing it to the floor. They realize now they've got to do some damage control. And I think that those are really extraordinary and amazing dynamics that I think is going to affect a lot of people and really exposes the rift in the Republican Party, the Mitt Romney wing of the party, the Mitch McConnell wing of the party, now the James Langford wing of the party, disconnected not only from the base, the MAGA base, the Trump base, the House Freedom Caucus base, but really in this case, disconnected from the wants and needs of the American people the entire American populace, where there is growing discontent about an insecure border. I think that's the moral of the story. So in the second block of uh, show, I'm really excited to have Claudia Tenney. She always brings a lot of wisdom, and she'll go through exactly what disturbed her in the Senate bill, why it's a big failure, and why the sound of retreat was being played on a bugle inside the Senate Republican caucus this morning. That's some pretty important conversations there. In the third block of the show, we're going to talk to Laura Rees. She is a border and security expert at the Heritage Foundation, advised President Trump. She has got some real strong thoughts about what every... American needs to know about the Senate bill, why it's failed, why Americans want more drastic action to slow and close the border. All of those are such important issues. And Laura has her finger on the pulse. She's almost certainly going to be in the next Republican administration, should there be one. She has some of the wisest and sagest opinions and also some of the strategies at work. She's going to deliver those to us in an extraordinary interview in the roundup of this show today. So we've got a good one from start to finish. Don't miss a second of it. Before we go to commercial break, you know that my good friends at Muzzlestick have created a really important product. All of us who are Second Amendment champions, all of us who are proud and safe gun owners know that safety is a responsibility that comes with the right of gun ownership. And a lot of times people who aren't familiar with guns end up coming in contact with them because someone left them around. I'm working on a story where a cop left his gun in a bathroom. Oh my gosh. Well, one of the great things about muzzle stick is that it helps a person who's not as familiar with guns, maybe as you and I, to quickly identify if a gun is loaded or unloaded, whether to stay away from it or not. And that is because muzzle stick makes barrel and chamber flags. They're brightly colored. They're made from recycled plastic, so they're environmentally friendly. And they let everyone around your firearm know if it's loaded or unloaded. That is a good thing because the vast majority of accidental shootings in America occur with guns that are out in the open and from people who may not be as familiar with their loaded status or even how to properly handle them. It's time for all of us to do everything we can to be safe and responsible champions of the Second Amendment. And Muzzlestick makes that possible. So if you go to muzzlestick.com, that's M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K.com, you're going to get a pretty extraordinary opportunity to check out these products. Get a custom-made chamber barrel frag for your guns. They've even made smaller caliber chambers now, which a lot of people were clamoring for. That's a big development. But we've got one life to live. We've got one Second Amendment to champion. We've got 
a singular responsibility to always ensure safety around our firearms. And our friends at Muzzlestick make that possible. So go to Muzzlestick, M-U-Z-L-S-T-I-K.com today. Place your order. Get some of those flags. They support us. You should support them because in supporting them, you're making our world a little bit safer. That's a great opportunity. That's why I'm so proud of all of my friends at Muzzlestick. All right. Off to a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, Congressman Austin Scott in a really good interview right after these messages. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. So much to talk to, whether the world's aflame in the Middle East, in Eastern Europe, America overrun by a border crisis that now has reached a fever pitch in Congress with an impeachment vote against Mayorkas later today and Senate Republicans doubling back, going backwards on the very bill they just introduced on Sunday. I thought I'd bring in one of our most learned voices, uh, someone we trust a lot when we're trying to make sense of the chaos in Washington in the Marble Asylum. He's a member of the House Intelligence Committee. He's one of its most important voices, Congressman Austin Scott from the great state of Georgia. Congressman, good to have you back on the show. Hey, thanks, John. Good to be here. 
There's a lot of a lot of places we can go today. I want to start with the border. I think there are two big events today. First up, the impeachment vote on the House floor tonight around six o'clock. We should know the fate of Alejandro Mayorkas. How are you going to vote and what do you think the likely outcome is? Oh, I'm, I'm going to vote to impeach him. I mean, th- this guy is a liability to our country. And, and I, w- I would just remind people, go back to 2021 when there were the pictures of our agents that are that are out there on horseback. Uh, doing doing their job to protect this country, and you know there was a there was a photograph that didn't tell the whole story, and then Mayorkas, you know, and the Biden administration, you know, just keeping up their narrative, you know, accused those those agents of of whipping people with the range of the horses, and even the photographer said it wasn't true, and and they still, you know, railroaded those agents. I mean, they they they. The person who took the picture said that the narrative about our Border Patrol agents was false, and and the Biden administration just kept it up, and Mayorkas was obviously a big part of that. He should have apologized to those agents, Um, you know, and and to this day, I don't think they've gotten their back pay. Yeah, no, I think that's right. You, You know, I mean, they again, I mean, the people that are out there trying to protect America, uh, doing the best they can in very tough, tough circumstances, you know, or paying the price. And, you know, Mayorkas is, is sitting up there not doing his job. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to casting this vote. Yeah, there is so much at stake. Do you have a sense of which way it will go? It seems like it's razor close, right, in terms of votes? Yeah, I, it, it, it is. You, you know, John, we've got a, on any given day a one vote or a two vote margin. And then if you look at the, the number of airports that were closed in California, uh, I don't know that we actually have a, a, a real good count of who's actually in D.C. and not in D.C. right now. So uh, I'm sure that we're missing some of the people from the West Coast and, and they're back there in their districts. And, and I don't criticize them for being in their districts with everything that's happened there. Uh, but but it. I, I don't know. I don't know who's got the most people here right now. And this is again, you know, this is this is what it looks like with a with a two seat margin. And so we we got to we've got to come back with a bigger margin next year, or or we're going to stay in the same same spot of limbo. Yeah. If it were to fail, is there still an important message that so many people in Congress voted for? It? I, I think it is. I, I think it is important for a couple of things. One is I think it's important that the people. Uh, that are actually down there doing their best to secure our border know that uh, that we're upset about about what's going on down there. I think that uh, I think it matters. And uh, I wish we were actually talking more about the treatment of the agents than we are. And I've, I've been in those facilities, John. And, you know, what what you what you got to remember, there are a lot of people that are coming in here that are pregnant. I mean, and. You know, when they have that child on U.S. soil, I mean, that that's their goal with coming across that border when they're pregnant. And and it is a uh, this, this madness has got to stop. And it's not people just from the Western Hemisphere. Um, I, I saw a lot of pregnant women in there from from Asia, from China uh, in, in in different places when I the last time I was in one of the facilities. And it's it's. It's just baffling to me that over 6 million people have been allowed into this country in the last three years, not knowing who they are 
and all the president has to do is to put Remain in Mexico back in place, and he could stop at least 70% of it. Yeah, no, it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? it? It is. And the most inhumane way to come into this country, this isn't the Ellis Island trip. It's the drug cartel escort trip, which comes with rape and extortion and indentured servitude. It is remarkable. I want to flip to some because you, you, you pointed out that over the last few years, there's at least six million illegals that have made it into the country. That averages about two million a year. The Senate bill that Lankford put together this weekend would keep the number almost at that level. About 1.8 million would be considered below the threshold of an automatic emergency that would give the president the ability to stop or to close the border or at least stop accepting asylum entrance. Are you shocked that Senate Republicans would something with that high a threshold? Well, full full disclosure, I, like most members, have not had an opportunity to read the bill yet. So uh, the reason Chuck Schumer is trying to force the vote very fast is is he doesn't want people to have time to read the bill. So so I haven't I haven't I haven't read it, uh, you know, and, and I'm interested in seeing, you know, what what Senate Republicans do. I mean, I mean, as I understand it, I don't I don't think Schumer's got the vote for closure because of of the gamesmanship that I'm talking about. I mean, the, 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 the language was kept tight and now they release it Sunday. Well, here we are less than 48 hours later and he's wanting to have the closure vote when he knows, he knows that people have not had the opportunity to read the 300 plus pages of text. And while it's 300 plus pages of text, you've got to look forward. you know, sometimes you'll read a paragraph and it references another paragraph somewhere, and, and, and it, it, it's not just like reading a 300-page book. You have to actually understand the laws that are being referenced when you're in there. Uh, again, designed to be exactly the opposite of a book. Hard to really understand what they're referring to. That's right. But I, I do want to say, look, James Langford is a great, great man. Um, I, I, I don't know. I haven't read the whole text. Um I, I do know I do know that we have to stop the illegal immigration coming into this country, and it is intentional. You can go back and look at the back and forth between uh, Mike Johnson and then Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee Jerry Nadler, when um, you know Mike says they're wanting him to vote, and then Jerry's like they're not allowed to vote; they're only allowed to vote in municipal elections and. Right now, we have cities inside the United States. I mean, these sanctuary cities that are letting people who are not United States citizens vote. And, and, and that's their intent is to continue to exp- expand their rights at the expense of the rights that we have as citizens of the United States of America. Yeah. And yeah, no, it, it, the stakes are so, so very high right now. I want to turn to the world stage. You have one of the keenest eyes when it comes to what's really going on in the world, what our enemies and are doing what our allies are expecting of us. You look at the Middle East and from the Red Sea, where now the shipping channels are in grave danger of being shut or certainly shuttered or slowed because of concern of security, to the constant attacks that our troops are facing in Iraq and Syria. What is your assessment of the stability of the region? And are we near a regional conflict, the full regional conflict, I should say? So, so there is a tremendous amount of instability. I do not think that we are headed towards a regional war. Uh, this is this is the next statement I'm going to make is going to surprise you and some of your listeners. But the strikes that were carried out over the last couple of days from U.S. forces against Iranian-backed militias, I think were good targets. I think they were well executed. 
And I commend the people at the Defense Department, and I commend the president for authorizing it. What I don't understand is why we didn't carry out these strikes in October of last year. Why did we wait until now? And so, um, you know, we I mean, I don't believe that they just developed those targets over the last couple of weeks. I, I think we've known where we could hit. Uh, I think that we have to be very careful with our troops that are uh, still stationed in that region, especially the ones that are in Syria, who are doing a tremendous amount of work. Uh, and and I think that we need to be very vigilant in making sure that we have resources very close to any of our people that are out there at uh, any of our forward operating bases or, or whatever type of base we have so that we can get to them very quick and provide them support if they come under attack. Yeah, that is a danger is the counterattacks that may come in the future, right? And do you have confidence in what you've seen over the last few weeks that Lloyd Austin and his military commanders around him have the ability to react quickly should we come under a better attack? It seems like we've been a little caught off guard by the first attacks. What's your assessment of our ability to respond next time? I, I do not think that the problem rests in the Pentagon. I think the problem rests in the White House. So, I, I, I mean, you know, Lloyd Austin was a four-star general bef- before he became Secretary of Defense. Uh, he spent a, a lot of time in that part of the world. I trust the the lead of Central Command. Uh, I trust our military leaders. What I don't trust is, you know, the Secretary of State and the White House to react in a timely manner. And so, and so again, the strikes that have been carried out this past week, I think they were good targets. I think they were carried out effectively. Um, I do not think that our strikes need to be uh, what is referred to as proportional. I think that I think that I I want the strikes to be disproportionate. In other words, I want to do tremendously, I want to do more damage to them than they do to us. And uh, it can't be tit for tat. So um, I I trust, I trust our defense department and our military. What I do not trust is the decision-making at the White House and Secretary of State's level. Yeah. And you've been pretty vocal and I think uh, have enormous support in Congress, including Democrats, that these the responses were too slow and delayed to to be truly deterrent. Right. That was been one of the problems here. Very, very slow responses. Correct. Absolutely. Most of the Democrats that I serve with, I don't don't want to speak for them, but but certainly some of them you've seen have been been vocal about the fact that these responses have been been uh, delayed too far. Yeah. I think that's right. What's Iran's short-term objective here? Obviously, they're rattling their swords rhetorically a lot more. They clearly funded all of these attacks. I think the vehicle that was used to attack our troops a weekend ago was was Iranian-made. What is their short-term objective here? Long-term, we know the jihad against the United States, but what are they trying to accomplish right now in your assessment? Well, I mean, they they, they hate Israel. I mean, obviously, you know, one of their stated goals is to, is to eliminate Israel. And then, um, you know, anybody who uh, is aligned with, protects or defends or respects Israel's rights to defend themselves, uh, they consider an enemy. And so if you look at the destabilizing factors around the world, uh, you've got basically uh, Iran and China and Russia. 
And, you know, those three countries benefit from from the instability, while the majority of the world, you know, benefits from stability. And so and so if you you, you know, pick up a map, look at where Iran is and look at the damage that they do to instability in Iraq and and uh, in Syria. And so if you look at the instability in that part of the world, a tremendous amount of it, a tremendous amount of it is because of Iran. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They are the instigator. It was a year ago, I think, probably maybe six months, a year ago, when you first came on our show and talked about the concerns you had about these young military-aged Chinese men crossing the border. Uh, since that time, the rest of the world has caught up to you. But you were really one of the first people, I think, to sound the alert on this, given that there's tens of thousands of people now over the last couple of years, all these military-aged men. Is there any better assessment of what these people are doing in the country, why they were sent here, how they got in? Is there any idea what China's intention is with this? No. I mean, we, we, we know how they got in. I mean, you can get a you can get a 10-day travel visa from China into Mexico, and then, you know, you simply, you know, pay the cartels to bring you into the country. And so it, it is, I mean, you've got the military-aged men, and then, you know, you've obviously got the human trafficking where they're bringing in, you know, uh, children that are basically being sex trafficked in, in the United States. And it, it is... It, it's not just, you know, it's not just from China. It is, it's from, you know, the Middle East. And to be honest, you know, I, when I when we talk about China, John, I worry more about cyber and those types of attacks inside the United States on our infrastructure. And when we talk about, you know, kind of the lone wolf style of terrorism, certainly they do have the ability to pull that off. Uh, anyone who's in here has the ability to pull that off. But but I worry more about, you know, the people coming from the Middle East doing that than I do than I do Asia. Yeah, that seems right. And all the assessments I've heard from folks, too. Last part, Ukraine, Russia. It seems as though the war slogs on there. Any sense of whether either side is making progress or whether either side is signaling that maybe they're open to a real peace agreement? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I'll tell you, Ukraine has been able to hold their ground because because we've been able to get them the weapon systems. I, I support us continuing to get the Ukrainians the weapons that they need. Uh, if there is going to be any type of negotiated settlement, if there is going to be a negotiated settlement, then everybody except for Russia is better off with the Ukrainians having the weapons that they need to fight. And so uh, it, it, it's important to me. I think it's important to the United States. It's important to our role as um, the most important country in the world that we work to continue to give the Ukrainians the weapons that they need, the, the 155, you know, the ability to defend themselves uh, from attacks from, from Russian air assets. Uh, so, so I 100% want to see the Ukrainians get the weapons that they need. If they're not able to get the weapons that they need, then a negotiated settlement uh, looks very different. It, it, it looks more like Russia conquering a country if they don't have, you know, again, the, the ammunition and the, and the, and the mortars and the, and the, you know, the rockets that they need to defend themselves from Russia. And so the best way to get to some type of negotiated settlement is to give, give the Ukrainians the ability to fight. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. That is definitely, and with our investment thus far, we don't want to abandon all the progress we've made thus far or all the efforts that we've made thus far. Last question, because people always remember this from our early conversations of the food supply chain. I think you've done more than anyone to help educate the entire public and the Congress and maybe the administration, though they sometimes seem hard to educate, about uh, the insecurity in our food system worldwide and even in our own country. Have you seen any progress? Can you give us an update of your assessment of how we stand, particularly as it relates to America? Hey, hey, so again, let's remember, you know, when Tommy Tuberville talked about Ukraine, he said, hey, this is about this about food. Well, and and, and the left made fun of him. Well, He's absolutely correct. I mean, if Russia controls the Black Sea, they control the flow of millions and millions of tons, metric tons of wheat and and corn and sunflower oil and seed and fertilizer. And so Russia wants to control the Black Sea, and that will give them control over significant portions of the global food supply. And that's one of the reasons that this fight is so important to not let them have control of that port of Odessa and the the Black Sea. And so uh, I do think there is a recognition inside the United States. I met with uh, some of the people in the chemical business here. Uh, So there's a recognition from members. There's a recognition from industry. There's a recognition from a lot of people that we need to bring this stuff back home. I do not think there is a recognition from um, the courts where NGOs are continuing to sue to take chemicals off the market that we need. You've got an EPA that is refusing to approve new chemicals to take the place. I mean, look, if, if, if we don't have pesticides and herbicides, we can't grow food in the United States of America. And so we need the EPA to, to start approving some of these new chemicals. It's a real choke point, isn't it, right now for what our farmers and our food supply chain needs? And Americans haven't seen the impact yet. They haven't. That's it, right? It's on. It's over the horizon, though, isn't it? It, it, it is. It, I mean, they, they've seen the impact when they go to the grocery store and they and they see how much more food costs. But they ha- the, the correlation is not there yet uh, for the American consumer that the attacks on the American farmer and, and taking away pesticides and herbicides and the increased cost of fuel and the increased cost of uh, fertilizer and, and other inputs like seed, that the correlation is not registering with the American citizens at, 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 when they're shopping at the grocery store. Yeah. And the danger is they'll wake up one day and it'll be too late. It'll really have happened. That's why the... The alarm that you've raised has been so important for this country. Congressman, it's always a great honor to have you on the show. We always learn a lot. We always get good measured facts, and that's something we greatly appreciate. Thanks for your time today. Hey, thank you. All right, folks, when we come back from the commercial break, a one-on-one interview with Claudia Tenney, Congressman from New York, one of the champions of common sense in the House. She'll lay out why she has so many concerns, and so many of her colleagues have concerns about that Senate border bill, which seems to be dead on arrival, may not even arrive to the House after what happened today. But Claudia Tenney will give us the lowdown right after these messages. Hey, folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected 
for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Welcome back, America. Yesterday afternoon, we were finally able to read every statute that was written into the Senate's bipartisan border deal that was negotiated by Senators Langford of Oklahoma, Murphy of Connecticut, and Cinema of Arizona. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer expressed optimism over the bill, and of course, Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul is in lockstep with her party on this piece of legislation, going as far as issuing a public statement regarding her call with the White House Chief of Staff Jeff Seentz and calling on the House majority to support this supposed compromise. But House Republicans like Majority Leader Steve Scalise and our next guest, are educating voters on all the issues with this bill and referring to it as a non-starter. New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney joins the show to discuss this controversial legislation. Now, Congresswoman, it's great to see you again. Thank you for being here. Great to see you. Uh, Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And Congresswoman, I want to ask you about this bill and kind of compare it to H.R. 2, because I know H.R. 2 didn't have every single element in it that Republicans wanted, but it's a dang good bill. Um, if we are yeah, grading uh, on a curve and HR2 is an A plus, what do you consider this bill? Uh, this is this bill is I mean, I, I don't know if I could even give it a, an F, maybe <laughs> something less than an F. It's certainly incomplete. below 50. <laughs> yeah, incomplete. It, it, it's the problem with it is it is ignoring a lot of the problems that are already existing. And let's just say it codifies catch and release. Right off the bat, that's a non-starter. That's a huge problem. We have people running amok throughout our country that we can do nothing about. And we're going to just let that we're just going to let that happen. You know, we don't know if we have another 
being uh, constructed within our country, uh, you know, with the cartels behind it. And, and it's just a dangerous thing. It allows 1.8 million illegals. They keep saying there's this, you know, way, uh, way that that doesn't really happen. And it's not as bad as it is now. But I mean, we've already got these people here. We've got to figure out a way to deport them. And it ends deportation. So there's no deporting any of these people, something the president can do right now. The president has all the power to deal with this immigration at this moment, whether it's the U.S. Constitutional uh, Constitution, Article 2, Section 3, which gives him the ability to carry out the laws of Congress that are in place, executive orders that he's reversed. I, I, I know you've heard the speaker cite up to 64 different laws yeah. uh, that he's changed or administrative laws that have been done by Mayorkas that have created this catastrophe at the border or INA Section 212F gives him the right and the ability to immediately closed the U.S. border, and he refuses to do any of it and continues to blame the Republicans for doing nothing. And so just some more things on this bill, and I'm just going to take a look and just tell you this because there's so much. You just mentioned it, John, in your interview with the, the border agent. It funds sanctuary cities yep. like New York City, like all these cities there. Like you're hearing about Chicago all across the country. These mayors, Democratic mayors in blue cities, blue states, are screaming about the money that's being spent. So we're getting bled dry with the taxpayer money, billions and billions of dollars, hundreds of billions spent on illegal immigrants that get even more than some of our own citizens. And on top of that, the security issue, which we, we alluded to earlier. So that's a huge problem. I, I don't understand why that's a good thing. Legal services, we're going to pay, the taxpayers are going to pay for the legal services of illegal immigrants who got here somehow finding some kind of resource to pay a cartel person. And the cartels are going to get paid. And then the taxpayers are going to pay on top of that. I mean, that's just a really bad idea. Uh, increases green cards by 50,000. Uh, work permits for every person that comes in, regardless of vetting. What's going to happen to employers who aren't going to be able to rely on on information on vetting different uh, different people coming in? I mean, this is going to affect a district like mine, where we have you know like elaborate laws in place to deal with security, safety issues and deal with our farm workers. You know, we have fixes in this. We have great bills out there that we could do uh, not with this, notwithstanding this bill. And again, H.R. 2 to address the issues that we need for certain worker shortages and, work, and workers who would be coming in under permits and with green cards or, or just visas. It also the Afghan adjustment portion of this 60,000 really weekly, like just really not well vetted Afghans will automatically get citizenship. I mean, there's no vetting process in place, even when we had the old days of good lab one and good lab two in my first term, when we were trying to get immigration done in President Trump's first term, we had, you know, you couldn't just automatically uh, not be vetted. You had to prove to get citizenship, whether even if you're a DACA person, that you had to have not committed a, a crime, that you were not dependent on public assistance, uh, that you would get in line behind people who are legally trying to become immigrants here. We are totally undermining and disregarding the millions of people who are waiting in line to become legal citizens of this country because they revere our principles, they care about freedom, and they want to do it the right way. I mean, what kind of symbol, what does this say to people who, who really care about and believe in our system, which is, you know, which is a beacon of hope for many people around the world who don't have the opportunity to, to have freedom? And uh, a week in asylum and also there's no funding and no restoration of the wall. So where are we here? I mean, this is this is going to be uh, I don't see this going anywhere in the House. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where everybody stands on it. We'll probably know that, you know, by tomorrow or the next day. 
Yeah, well, the early the early uh, uh, counts seem to suggest that most Republicans against this, including a large number in yeah. the Senate. I, I want to ask about the politics. We're in an election year, so everything has to be viewed mm-hmm. through that vein. Uh, the polling is all in the Republicans' direction, giving them a lot of moral authority to seek the sort of HR2 solution that you mm-hmm. have put forward. Uh, you, we People have fresh in their mind this image of those illegal immigrants beating the NYPD cops this weekend. And a subset of Republicans were willing to make these huge capitulations to the Democratic Party in the Biden White House. What does it do? Uh, how uh, destructive is it that the, the Republican Party looks divided right now when the American people said, we're 100 percent behind you right now? Yeah, I don't think it's a good look, but I also think it, it's the Senate, which is a whole different animal from the House. You know, you often hear when my sure. first term in in, uh, in the uh, Congress back you know, in 2017, 2018, one of the one of the members said an older member said, look, the enemy is not the Democrats across the aisle. It's the Senate on the other side <laughs> of the of the Capitol. So uh, I hope this that uh, this doesn't pass in the Senate and I hope it doesn't get a chance to come here. And, you know, you were you mentioned that, you know, is there a possibility that some really vulnerable Republicans may vote for this and team up with Democrats? I don't know yet, but we'll wait to see what happens. But I think that would be really terrible for us and it would really, uh, you know, on either side, whether it's on the right side of our Republican conference or the moderate side of our Republican conference, our best path to getting anything done in this place and to stand up for our values and to save our country is for us to have unanimous and, and u- unity. We just have, even if it's not unanimous, we can only leak one one person at this point. But, uh, you know, having unity is what's critical. And one thing the Democrats understand is power. Yep. When uh, Nancy Pelosi had a swim, slim majority, even people like AOC and a lot of the progressives who didn't like what they were doing, they never veered off course. They stayed in there, not because there were carrots and sticks, because they knew that power and being in the majority is the best way to be and the only way that you're going to enact your own principles. If we're going to save America with our good, sound, conservative principles, we have to stick together. And I'm hoping that's what happens. Yeah, that's important. And I almost wonder if they knew how bad it was because they just kind of tiptoed it out online over the weekend and I think maybe hoped that it would slide by the American people. But there are a number of Republicans in the House who actually seem united behind the fact that this is a bad bill. So I wanted to ask you with respect to this being dead on arrival, as you and a number of your colleagues have indicated it would be, um, sending it back to the Senate. I mean, there's so much of this. There doesn't hardly seem to be anything salvageable. But if there was and you wanted to see some major changes in this bill after it went to the Senate and came back to the House, what are some of those major things you would want to see either scrapped altogether or changed? Well, first of all, let's just look at the framework of what we are dealing with a major catastrophe. People coming across the border at numbers that are astronomical and the taxpayers are footing the bill. So it's a huge financial burden. At a time when we're trying to recover from COVID, we have inflation, we have people that are homeless, we have displacement of school children, we have, uh, you know, we've seen veterans that have been displaced for illegal immigrants, we have hotels filling up with illegal immigrants and getting more benefits, food, uh, shelter, phones, all these things that even some of our own uh, citizens don't get. And then you have the security side of it, which is also critical. You saw them beating up police officers city. Uh, and getting out with cash, you know, there's no cash bail. So they get to be released on the street and go somewhere else to beat up more police officers. So it's creating a certain amount of anarchy and chaos that is, again, potentially, you know, we were wor- we had 19 uh, terrorists who came into our country and brought our country to its knees after 9-11. Think about eight, nine, 10 million people and all those tens of thousands of gotaways who we were not able to vet 
who are in this country who could be creating something even worse. Our infrastructure, I mean, everything they could be doing, infrastructure, water, food, they could really take down the United States. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of plan. My biggest question to you, Amanda, is what are the Democrats thinking? What is the point of all this? Don't they see the grave consequences financially and in terms of security to the American people every single day by, by allowing this mass invasion? I mean, what could be the point? And I hate to bring this up, but it's becoming it keeps lurking in my mind. You know, Donald Trump was leading in the polls and doing a phenomenal job as president back in 2020, leading up to that re-election. It was it was inconceivable that anyone could take him out. He was going to win re-election. And all of a sudden there's this pandemic from China and our entire country was brought down. You know, all of a sudden we have this unprecedented invasion at the border and people are getting houses in New York. They're getting licenses. God knows they're getting licenses in other states. Are they going to get a residence and then get a voter card? And are these people going to be the voters just like we had in 2020? People who don't even know or care or aren't even really eligible to vote. Is that how the Democrats are going to destroy the process and create chaos and try to take out Donald Trump? who's leading in the polls again in 2024, be forewarned. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's just a thought. I, what what other reason could any human, uh, you know, per- person who cares about human dignity do this? They know that children are being trafficked. They know that children and women are being hurt and raped along the trail here. Why don't they want to stop it? It's, 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 it's really just inconceivable to me that they don't want to do anything about it. All right, folks, one more good one to go. Laura Rees, one of the great border security experts in the country, now in charge of immigration and border issues at Heritage Foundation. She'll join us to wrap things up in just a few minutes. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time 
IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Welcome back from the commercial break. A little breaking news just a few minutes ago over on justthenews.com. Congressman Jim Jordan, chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, just released some new documents and new information showing that Amazon bowed to Biden administration, Biden White House pressure to censor some books on its platform. Think about that censorship, not only on social media, but in the book selling space. We're going to have more of that throughout the night. Go check it out at justthenews.com. Meanwhile, we're going to stay on that extraordinary clash between the House and Senate when it comes to the budget uh, deal that was announced yesterday, or the budget bipartisan legislation that was announced by the Senate yesterday. We've got a true expert to help us referee it. Laura Rees is the Heritage Foundation's Director of Border Security and Immigration Center, one of the country's leading experts on the border. She joins us right now. Laura, great to have you back on the show. Thanks to be back. Well, we want to just get your top line before we get into the who, what's, and when's, and where's. Uh, your take on this Senate deal, does it do any good? No, it's a bad deal. Both the funding to continue the funding the sanctuary cities, as well as the NGOs that have built up the infrastructure to carry out this uh, open border agenda, uh, but also the policy changes would actually codify the very tools Biden has been using to achieve his open border agenda. So it's a bad deal on multiple fronts. Yeah. Yeah. And Laura, you know, we we can't ignore the fact that this is an election year and it kind of the timing of this is remarkable because just last week we saw those illegal immigrants who attacked the NYPD officers and then they got released from jail without bail, flipping the double barrel middle finger basically to the American people. It seems like that alone, just that snapshot is enough for Republicans on both sides uh, or in both chambers to say no. Yeah, frankly, Republicans should be playing that on a loop all year uh, as an election ad, because that sums up perfectly the last three years and the left's attitude towards the border and towards Americans. Um, They keep putting Americans last and illegal aliens first and criminals first. um, And it results in in dead Americans, uh, poor Americans, homeless Americans. Um, so, you know, that that's what we're dealing with. And that's why it's so important Congress actually do something that would truly secure the border and stop funding this madness. Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, it's such an by the way, the American people, the polling shows American people are for a strong solution. So the need for compromise almost isn't in the polling data. What is the motive? If you're Mitch McConnell, you're John Cornyn from Texas, where it's ground zero uh, or you're Jim Langford. What motive did they have to make a deal like this when the public was clamoring for something much bigger? Well, different motives. Uh, Senator McConnell was about Ukraine money. He doesn't seem much interested in actually securing the border. He wants the Ukraine money. He asked Senator Lankford to be the Republican in the closed room with, you know, two other senators to negotiate a deal. So uh, Senator Lankford was following orders. Um, Senator Cornyn came out today saying he's got at least questions about this bill, if not an outright no. Uh, which is interesting uh, because he is not really an immigration hawk or a border hawk. Right. Uh, But really, what is in this bill uh, is is bad news. It would allow and codify 
4,000, 5,000, up to 8,500 illegal aliens per day uh, before the secretary could authorize a border emergency. Um, and then it, it has all sorts of exceptions and limitations and suspensions. It, it renders this authority meaningless. Um, it, it was the section of the bill that made me the most angry of the 370 pages. Yep. Um, because they're just not serious about securing the border. It was pretty clear from that alone. Yeah. I think you're right. And, yeah. and I agree with you. That snapshot of those illegals, if, if Republicans aren't using that in their campaign, uh, then, I mean, that, that it's just the most exploitable, if I can even use that term, exploitable piece of footage that you could possibly use to win a campaign. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, about public sentiment on kind of the cultural side, because Elon Musk has spoken out very strongly about illegal immigration. He commented on the fact that his mother, uh, it took her 12 years to immigrate here legally throughout the visa and the green card process. And of course, for people who do it legally, thousands of dollars. And yeah, it costs too much and it takes too long, but they did it legally. So with high profile people like Elon Musk speaking out about this and also the fact that it's probably going to be dead on arrival in the House, what do you expect the fate of it to be? Yeah, we're going to see over the next couple of days whether the Senate can even get enough votes to get it over their finish line. Uh, the, in mm -hmm. the House, it's dead on arrival. Uh, but thank God for Elon Musk elevating this issue and quickly identifying um, the ulterior motives for the left of, of keeping this border open. And I agree with them. It takes too long to do it lawfully. It costs too much money. It is too confusing. I would love to get to the point where our border is secure. We have prevented illegal immigration, mostly, and we can get to then turning to improve the legal side of the equation so it doesn't take so long, so it's not so costly, so it's not so confusing, thereby encouraging more people to use the lawful routes and not coming here illegally. Yeah, such a great point. Laura, we got about 30 seconds left. Just real quickly, the NGOs, they get really legitimized in this deal, right? There's more money going to this first time Congress says, NGOs, go move uh, illegals around the country. How dangerous is that? Very. I mean, they've set up an infrastructure all over the world. This bill would give $7 billion more dollars uh, to NGOs and to sanctuary cities through the Justice Department, Homeland Security, Health and Human Services, uh, and State Department. And really, it is the arm that carries all this mass immigration out for the uh, the Biden administration. And it's become a multi-billion dollar industry for these NGOs. Yeah, and crazy. Congress mm -hmm. stopped funding it immediately. Thanks for joining today. A big thank you to Congressman Austin Scott, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, and Laura Rees from the Heritage Foundation. Three true experts, three people fighting for common sense security in America, particularly border security. I think you got a good sense why the Senate bill flamed out so quickly, at least as of now, and why the impeachment vote tonight for Mayorkas is so important. I was struck by Austin Scott's claim that even if it fails, it's an important endeavor today to impose accountability and let Americans know where each member of Congress stands on the man who architected the border policies that gave us, well, 10,000 plus illegal aliens a day. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports tonight to find out whether the impeachment articles pass or not. Be sure to tune in to justthenews.com or the Just the News No Noise television show that I co-anchor with the amazing Amanda Head at six o'clock on Real America's Voice. Be sure to check all those out. Until then, God bless you. Have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow with more programming. 
Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.